You're listening to The Brutally Honest with Cademan. I hope you enjoy. Destry! Cademan! So this is a very special day because this is the very first guest I have that has more handsome hair than me. Wow, that is quite the incredible day. Mm -hmm. And I'm very honored to be that guest. Or unless you're talking about someone else in the room I have. Tortimer. Okay, Tortimer. Your pet tortoise. Um, He has pretty nice hair. He has no hair, actually. Oh, okay. I guess I was confusing him with a different turtle. He is a tortoise. Um, but anyway, uh, Destry does a music video thing. Um, that's very cool. Um, it's, there's videos and there's stories and they intertwine. If you have anything else you want to say about that, because I'm not explaining it well, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's like a short film series kind of thing. You can find it on YouTube under the name Remnant Crusade. Um, and it's just in music video format, but it's songs um, but mashed with film, um, showing people's lives and how their storylines interact with others. Yeah, and um, what I think I particularly like about it is like on the realm of YouTube, is like, um, it tends to be very apathetic, I guess. But it's like, because you'll go and you'll watch, like, you know, whatever rubbish you want to watch on YouTube, try not to laugh videos or whatever, and then you realize you've watched a thousand, and you're like, wow, I did nothing good with my life. Yeah. So what you can do is after you've watched hundreds of thousands of try not to laugh, Go and watch this, and then you'll be like, oh, people have lives, they actually matter. I'm going to go give my brother a hug, because he probably needs it. There you go. Your um, brother always needs a hug. He'll try to act tough, but he, he needs it. Definitely. Um, but uh, the last video you filmed, I got to be part of. That was all very fun and stuff. But the it was kind of interesting coincidence that I did because I was at a place and you happened to show up at the place before you filmed and you were like, hey, if you want to do this, you can. And obviously, that was part of God's plan that that happened. Or was it? I would say so, yeah. I mean, you just happened to be... I came by a location to um, check it out for the filming that evening and Caven happened to be there. I was like, well, hey, Caven, you might as well come along because... Yeah, I always like having more people along. Um, I mean, of course, as long as I'm not going to interrupt anything, but I don't usually have that problem. But the more the merrier. I like to bring everyone's talents together, and um, just the more help is is better. It makes things go faster and more efficiently, but it's also cool to see what each individual person can bring to the table. So in a lot of the videos I have, uh, different artwork by different artists in the area, and we have um, some other different musical talent that helps me with the songs, and people filming and acting, and um, letting us use their houses, and all sorts of things. So it's really cool to see all these talents and all these people coming together for one common goal. Yeah. Also, hitting people with fish. Yes. That's a big one. Yes. We, uh, that will make sense if you go and see the <laughs> video, which is not out yet. But will be within a month or two. So, yeah. Yay. Um. But anyway, so, uh, 
that was that was kind of my plan bridged into introducing you into our topic. All right. Like I just I thought it was kind of cool how it worked out. Um, because what we're gonna talk about is uh the idea of order versus chaos. How much of your lives are all according to God's plan, and how much free will do you actually have? Um, but like I kind of I just kind of thought about that a few days ago where I was like, hey, I can introduce him and then talk about how like. I happen to get in on the video, and then that can roll into the whole thing. I was like, "Wow, that's that's <laughs> a cool, that's a cool bridge." So really, the whole orchestration of God's plan, you being a part of that, was more about getting an introduction. On the show, right? It could be, it could be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess I will start by just asking you, um, like, what do you think? How how much? Because, from my understanding, um, like, there is order, because God, God is order. We know that, you know, at least to a certain extent, he has a plan. Um, but then we also know that we have free will. So how do you balance that? I see. Starting off right with the, the tricky questions. Um, I'd say, first of all, I think everyone wants order in their life, for the most part, a, a general statement. But I think for the most part, everyone wants order in their life. They like things to, they like to know when things are going to happen. They like to know where things are. You know, everyone hates losing their car keys and things like that. They like knowing what they're going to do that day, what their plan is going to be for the next few years, things like that. But at the same time, people, and I myself am guilty, of course, of this too, but like to let the chaos and the lack of order control their lives by starting to worry about those things that are orderly. So even if God has laid out something for us and says, hey, I've got this, you've given this to me, this is great, our free will comes in that we can go and worry about those things he said he's already taken care of. One of the biggest ones is people's salvation. God's taking care of that by sending his son Jesus that died on the cross to, uh, as a sacrifice, a holy perfect sacrifice to save the sinful world and that i would say is orderly it had its plan it had its purpose and it was executed flawlessly but we as people still have the choice to worry about it and say oh well maybe i still need to do this thing or maybe i still need to do this or i should go and dedicate my time to doing such and such and kind of miss that whole opportunity saying hey god already got this for you he's already taken care of it for you there's nothing that you need to worry about but being sinful people we're still like oh no we got to worry about something there's there's something out there you know we gotta stress over so i'd say that's definitely one way to look at it so right god's yeah. already given us order and then we can choose to find little bits of chaos in that and then let that control our lives i think um Definitely something I've been, like, realizing a lot recently, and God's kind of been, um, I guess in cliche terms, he's been working on with me, is um, not worrying about stuff. And it's like, like, naturally, I am just a very worryful person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, uh, 
in the Bible, there's several times where it says, um, don't worry. Yeah. And, like, that's just stood out a lot to me because, you know, I'm at a place right now where I've, I've been very worried. And, like, I've been like, oh, should I go this way? Should I go that way? Is this God's plan? Is that God's plan? Mm-hmm. Um, But it is just kind of, you know, like I said, it's like, I think, ultimately, um, kind of, the, is is it is there more order or is there more chaos? Um, is like we don't know, but don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think so. Like I like that about what you brought out, where it's like, yeah, you you don't have to worry about it either way. It's um like God's at least in enough control. Like, he may not control all the details. Um, We don't know if he planned out exactly for me to be at the coffee shop when you were there so I could uh, hold a light for your video. Um, <laughs> and but, get slapped by a fish. And get slapped by a fish. Um, but, uh, like, we know that God's in enough control that, you know, if it's his plan, I'm not gonna die doing that. Right. Or maybe if it was his plan, you would die doing that. Or, yeah, and that's cool, too. You never know how he's gonna use you or an opportunity or something you're involved in. Yeah. Um, but, so, it's, it's kind of interesting, though, because um, I've had the conversation with a lot of people lately and I put it I put on the list of topics um but it kind of ties into this too and that's like the idea of oh do soulmates exist is there like one person that you're destined to be with and it's it's an interesting question because it's also interesting because like asking people because everyone is passionate on one side or the other Mm -hmm. there's like uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law, whom I love to death, um, but I had just mentioned that um, I, w- I was debating whether or not soulmates are real, and then I kept talking, but like he interrupted me and was like, yeah, they're not. Oh, it was okay. pretty funny. <laughs> um, but then there's other people who are like, oh, there definitely is, and they, they give scripture, and they give their reasons, and I'm like, oh, well, that's not satisfying to me, or it is, or, like, I don't think that's quite what that's talking yeah. about. And there, there it's a really fun conversation to have for whatever reason. Um, but it's kind of, it's interesting. And I think um, kind of what my opinion of that is at this point is that there is... Um, Maybe there is some people that are destined to be together. Some people that, for God's plan, need to be together. And maybe there's some people that just aren't. And that's fine. Maybe there's some people that are destined to um, not get married at all. Uh, it's very possible. The Bible talks about that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a whole other conversation that I've had a lot. 
it also the Bible also says that's totally fine too to not get married. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's um. Uh, when the Pharisees ask Jesus about divorce, and he's like, "Nah, don't do divorce." Moses said that because your hearts were hard, and then the disciples are like, "Oh well, you shouldn't get married." And he's like, "Okay, that." sure sometimes <laughs> yeah. and then here's a bunch of reasons mm -hmm. why that could be the case and then in paul's letters too he's like well you can get married or don't get married and either way um if you have the right attitude god can use it to bring you closer to him and right that's ideally what everything in this life is about yeah um but it's just uh to kind of take it back it's kind of uh the interesting thing where it's like people will say oh well either everything is important or nothing is like um but then i i'm like what why would it be everything or nothing like um a good friend of mine uh mr christian star the way he put it was like there has to be uh some point where like it where it's not according to god's plan because like god doesn't put out your clothes for you mm -hmm. right yeah i think also jumping back to something you said where you know two people have to be together mm -hmm. for god's plan to get sure. you god's not reliant though on us as people so saying that you know he needs us to do something in order for his plan to work i wouldn't say is quite accurate because um that means that he has to rely on us and like you're saying we have free will we can choose to mess up that plan anytime we choose to and which has you know, been done before but god always has had a way to remedy that and fix that and uh, make sure that his holy and perfect will and his plan is always executed in which it always will be and so we have the opportunity to be vessels for him and to be used in that plan and if we choose to, he'll use us, but we can also choose to not, and I mean, I would say that's fine, because it's not fine, but he he will still make sure his plan comes to fruition, no matter what happens. Hmm. But it, it's interesting, though, because, like, I guess, um, kind of my thought is, like, uh, like, in my thought for there being certain things that maybe do have to happen um is there's points in the bible where god you know went out of his way to make sure that uh stuff happened a good example would be um noah mm -hmm. he got eaten by a fish so he would have to go to nineveh um jonah jonah yeah okay. sorry uh but then noah uh, would have gotten eaten by a fish <laughs> if he didn't build the, build the boat. <laughs> Yeah. Um But I think with that, not to interrupt, but yeah, go ahead. even with if Jonah was eaten by the fish and Jonah chose not to still go to Nineveh, I believe that God still would have had somebody that would have spoken to the Ninevites because it was his will that they would be saved. Because the Bible says, you know, God's not willing that anyone should perish, he wants right. everyone to come to salvation. Um and and it was also a lesson for Jonah too. And thankfully, Jonah finally had a change of heart and did get speak to the Ninevites. But then at the end of that story, we see 
he went right back to his ways and was like, all right, well, now kill them all, and was instantly selfish and didn't buy himself again. Right. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you that if he didn't, like, someone else would have. But it is um, interesting as, like, a, like, kind of an argument, like, some things being important, because it's, like I said, he got eaten by a fish. Um, so, like, I guess in, like, day-to-day -day life, how many times have you been eaten by a fish so you'll do one thing? I'd say last time I counted, I think none. <laughs> and, you know, as far back as I can remember. Oh, okay. So, that's fair. But there's definitely been other things in my life that God has used to turn me back around towards him or to get me to repent of something or to do something that I should have been doing. Um, though it's never been being eaten by a fish. <laughs> that, that would be a new one. I'll definitely let you know if that happens. Oh, please do. Yeah. Also take a selfie from inside the fish and send it to me. Okay. I want to see that. If my that. phone works. I think my phone will be broken by then. But I'll definitely try it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's really interesting because it begs the question, like, um, you know, it's the same thing for me where it's like I can see uh, certain things where it's like, oh, God put that in my life to show me this thing and he did that. But it's like, well, oh, like what if I didn't respond to that in the right way? And it's like, well, God knows how you're going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. But it it's just it's so confusing because it's like, you know, did was like being eaten by a fish the only option for Jonah or so, yeah was that the only thing that would wake him up because like you said God knows mm -hmm. what we're going to respond to the best and I guess a fish was that for him I guess so but it's like I don't know and then it also begs the question like how many times like do we just not know of where it's like, oh, that could have been an opportunity for God to teach me this thing, but I just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's possible, but it's like we don't know. So it, it's like, it, you know, because we know we have free will, and like, our thoughts are still our thoughts. God doesn't, like, play with us like toys. Mm -hmm. Unless he does, but that doesn't <laughs> seem likely to me. That doesn't seem like why I read in the Bible, yeah. but... Well, his purpose with creating us was to have a relationship, and the purpose was giving us free will, and not just making us robots that would serve him, is that having that relationship then, as well as people that would choose to serve him and worship him, as opposed to just making a bunch of robots that would do it exactly what you know, he needed them or wanted them to do, it, w it wouldn't be the same if you can like said, play with them like toys or right. control them, control their actions. Right. That would be pretty boring, probably. Mm -hmm. But so, it, so like, I guess is the question where it's like, does he go in immediately with the thing that he will hit? Or does, like, he leave other opportunities? And he knows what will hit, so, like, would he not just skip the other opportunities? And maybe he does, but then at the same time, there's things <laughs> where, like, I look back on my life, 
and I see, like, you know, kind of warnings mm -hmm. of things that I ignored. Personally, I think that it can take a lot of time. That one thing that was going to wake you up might not in the beginning, but through trials and through difficulties and things like that in your life, God will use those to shape you and to influence, indirectly influence your decisions later. So even if being swallowed by a fish, you know, doesn't change your worldview immediately, well, it's because there was um, all these things and events leading up to that. Like God, it's like say Jonah again, because I go eating by fish. God called Jonah, and Jonah ran from him, and then he had the storm, and he saw God's power through that, and he's like, well, I need to die in order for these people to live. Threw himself overboard. Um, and then was eaten by the fish, and then and not even just being eaten by the fish, but then being stuck in there for three days. Yeah, all of it, it like accumulates into the one big turning point. Whereas if he's like, you know, on a boat, you know, going to Nineveh, where he's supposed to, and got eaten by a fish, that impact wouldn't have been as great. Right. Yeah. No. That that makes a lot of sense. Um. Also, <laughs> something about that story is it it shows a lot of um how like even our failures god will use because it's like you know now because of jonah's disobedience we have a story that mm -hmm. we're talking about now much much further yes, in the future yeah. we can use that then to make other points and help support as these are supporting details for what we're talking about right. today so yeah and it's like um throughout the old testament there's many stories of like people who did bad things and then that's recorded and we from that we can know that god sees those as bad things um so it it's interesting because it's like like surely god doesn't want us to sin but um like he's still able to use the sin mm -hmm. which is fascinating this is why we need to remember history so much because otherwise it'll just repeat itself if it's forgotten let's say the uh, cycle of apostasy in the beginning of the old testament like in judges where God was good and blessed the Israelites and they worshipped him and but because of their prosperity they said, Oh well you know what, we can move on to this, that and the other and worshiping false gods and God's like, Well, can't do that so you have to pay the consequences and then get conquered by a nation and they'd be like, Oh no, we've sinned, God please help us and it's like, Alright and they'd send, you know, a judge and they would turn things all around and everything would be great for a long while and then Oh, well, it wasn't that bad, you know, and they slide right back into that because when you forget your past or forget those consequences or view them any lighter than they actually were, then you're just tempted to repeat it all over again, which is why it's such a bad thing now that people want to change history and change the way things happened and see it from different perspectives that may not be as entirely accurate as we have been told before because those are all learning experiences for us, for our nation, for the world, for Christians. 
and by altering or changing those or make wiping them out, well, now it's like, oh, well, you know, that's never been done before. Might as well try this. Whereas you can look back and say, this is something you should not do because it can lead to this. And by wiping out history, you can completely get rid of that factor. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, that's uh, it's true. This conversation will continue next time. <laughs>